Thanks to this season's presenting sponsor, Driscoll's. Only the finest berries. Hello, young chefs, and welcome back to Mystery Recipe. I'm Molly Birnbaum, Editor-in-Chief of America's Test Kitchen Kids. And I'm Mitzi, Oven Mitt, Molly's right-hand gal and co-host of the show. Every week on Mystery Recipe, we'll be talking about the fun, fantastical, and fascinating sides of a different kitchen ingredient. Plus, at the end of the season, we'll use all the ingredients to cook a mystery recipe together. Can you guess what it is yet? So far, we know it will contain water, brown sugar, walnuts, oats, crisped rice cereal, and apricots. You might have a pretty good idea of what we're making so far. Any guesses? Today is day two of Apricot Week. That's right, and we are going to get right down to the pit of this stone fruit in tricky trivia, followed by an interview fresh off the tree in Ask a Grown-Up. And to round off today's episode, our friend Andrea is back to help us out of some sticky situations in how-to time. Mitzi, wake up! I don't like this! Mitzi, wake up! Is that the Mitzi Wake Up song we made for the end of week four, episode one? Baby. Chad learned how to auto-tune in order to make that. We had to use it for more than just the post-credits. What? What? To the theme! Looks good. I bet it tastes good. Recipe. Mitzi, wake up! I don't like this! Mitzi, wake up! Got that song stuck in your head, Mitzi? Oh, do I ever! Anytime I hear that song, I get it stuck in my head immediately! Yeah, it's a real earworm. Ew. What? What is an earworm, Molly? That sounds painful. Oh, it's not a literal worm in your ear, Mitzi. An earworm is just a song that easily gets stuck in your head. Like Mitzi, wake up. Mitzi, wake up. Mitzi, wake up. I don't like this. Mitzi, wake up. Ugh, now it's stuck in my head, too. Yeah. Sorry, Molly. Sorry about what, Mitzi? Meg! Hey, Meg. Hi, friends. Let's see. Here's my mic. Testing, testing. One, two, three. Excelente. Meggie Eggy is in the building. Hooray! she says that. So what were you apologizing for, Mitzi? Well, Mitzi was singing a song that she had stuck in her head, and then it got stuck in my head. Oh, well, I know a great way to get a song out of your head. What's that, Meg? You just have to listen to it. Really? Well, it's not science or anything, but it works for me. When I have a song stuck in my head, I just listen to it, and then it's not stuck in my head anymore. Well, hey. Any excuse to play the song Chad learned how to auto-tune in order to make will make him happy. What? What? Let's hear it! Mitzi, wake up. I don't like this. Mitzi, wake up. Mitzi, wake up. I don't like this. Mitzi, wake up. Huh. Well, how will we know if it worked? Well, I think we just have to move on to something else and see if the song comes back or not. 
All right. How about our first segment? You can count on me. Perfect. Here's how it will work. I will give you a fact all about our ingredient theme for the week, and you get to help our listeners decide if it's true or false. Let's do this. Here's your first one. True or false? Apricots are related to almonds. So, Meg, what do you think? Are apricots related to almonds? Uh, well, apricots are a fruit and almonds are a nut. So my instinct is to say false. But it almost seems too easy to me. It's a little tough to figure out how tricky I'm being sometimes. Totally. Like, is it true because it seems so weird and you're trying to trick me? Or is it false because you're trying to double trick me? Instead of trying to figure out if I'm trying to trick you, how about you start by thinking about what you know about both almonds and apricots? Okay, good plan. I know what an almond feels like and tastes like. I don't think they taste super sweet by themselves, but I love almond croissants and almond paste tastes pretty sweet. And apricots definitely are sweet. And I know they're called stone fruit. I guess that the only part of the apricot that seems like it could be related to an almond is its pit. I've tried thinking it out and I'm still going to say false. I don't think apricots are related to almonds. Oh, Meg, this one is actually true. Apricots are related to almonds. But you did a great job using what you know to try and figure it out. Thanks, Molly. So how far off was I? You were headed in the right direction. This might sound weird, but almonds are not technically nuts. Ugh, so it's like a tomatoes are technically a fruit type situation? Kind of. Almonds are the seed of a fruit of an almond tree. And that fruit is actually a stone fruit. So if almonds are technically the seed of a stone fruit, that means that they're also related to other stone fruits like peaches and cherries? Exactly. So cool. Agreed. Okay, ready for your next one? Absolutely. True or false? Apricots are stone fruits, but not droops. So, Meg, what do you think? Are apricots considered stone fruits, but not droops? Hmm, I feel like I've heard that word before sometime recently. Oh, it was that dancer-turned-choreographer, Hans-Peter the Nutcracker. He said walnuts are the seeds of a walnut fruit, which is a type of droop. And I'm now realizing that that sounds a lot like the almonds situation in the last question. Walnuts and almonds are both technically the seeds of walnut and almond fruits. I'm going to take an educated guess and say that the answer is false. I think apricots are stone fruits and droops. Good work. That's correct. Droop is another word for stone fruit. And while they are similar to almonds, walnuts are not actually a part of the same scientific family as almonds and apricots. Roger that. Okay, Meg, last question. True or false? Apricot kernels, the seeds inside the hard pit, are poisonous. So, Meg, what do you think? Are the kernels inside apricot pits poisonous? Oh, danger fruit, danger fruit. The name's pit, apricot pit. <laughs> Just a reminder that the question is about the kernels, not the whole pit. Totally, but pit sounded better for a stone fruity take on James Bond. Fair. 
Okay, let's think, listeners. We eat apricots all the time, so my first thought is that there's no way a part of it could be poisonous. But that's the thing. Molly's question is about a part of the fruit that's hard to get to. I've never even thought about trying to open up the shell of an apricot pit, let alone eat what's inside of it. I'm going to say true here, Molly. Apricot kernels are poisonous. Correct. Apricot kernels are poisonous. All right. Apricot kernels do look a bit like almonds, but you should not eat them. They contain a naturally occurring toxin called amygdalin, which converts to a chemical compound called cyanide when you eat it. It can make you feel really, really sick. So is it dangerous to eat apricots then? No, the fleshy part of the apricot is totally fine to eat. Just don't try to open up the pit and eat the kernels inside. Avoid eating the dissected pits of apricots. Got it! Well, nice work on Tricky Trivia today, Meg. Gracias! Thank you! That was a fun one. Oh, let's see if my trick worked. Molly, do you still have any songs stuck in your head? Actually, I think it worked, Maggie. That's amazing. Nice! What about you, Mitzi? Mitzi, wake up! I don't like this! Mitzi? Mitzi, wake up! Mitzi, can you hear me? What? Golly, sorry, I couldn't hear you. Still got that song stuck in your head? I do. And I think somehow it got louder. Really? Yeah, it's like really loud. That's not really how songs in your head are supposed to work, Mitzi. Uh-oh. Hey, friends. Chad! Hi, Chad. How's everybody doing? Doing all right. What? How's everybody doing? I I can't... I can't hear you! Really? I feel like I'm speaking at a pretty normal volume, and it's pretty quiet in here. Golly, it's this song! I can barely even think! It's so loud! What song? Mitzi, wake up! I don't like this, Mitzi, wake up! Ah, you know it! Of course I know it! I taught myself how to auto-tune in order to make it. I'm glad it's getting more use than just the post-credits on week four, episode two. What? What? I gotta go somewhere quieter. I'll be back, friends. Okay, Mitzi, I... I hope she's okay. So do I. I mean, should we just kind of move on, or... Yeah, I'd say that's the thing to do. If you're here, Chad, then it's probably time for Ask a Grown-Up. That's right. Today we are talking to someone about the art of drying fruit. Excited for that. First, it's time for a quick word from our sponsors. Grown-ups, these ads are for you. Hey, grown-ups. I wanted to tell you about one of our cookbooks, Gabby's Latin American Kitchen. Has your young chef ever tried empanadas, made cheesy arepas for your family, or shared homemade sprinkle-covered chocolate brigaderos with their friends? You can travel through Latin America together with your child through 70 recipes developed and written by Gabby Melian, all kid-tested and kid-approved by America's Test Kitchen Kids panel of over 15,000 at-home kid recipe testers, plus the Spanish-language glossary, fun personal stories, and peek into Gabby's own kitchen give this book important cultural context and make your learning experience extend far past the meal. It's a delicious win for all young chefs and their families. You can find Gabby's Latin American Kitchen everywhere that books are sold. 
Hey, grown-ups. Open a world of new taste with Kitchen Adventures, a monthly subscription of globally inspired recipes and activities for your young chef. Every month, try three to six kid-tested, kid-approved recipes from America's Test Kitchen Kids. And celebrate world foods with hands-on activities from award-winning children's brand Little Passports. Twist up the delicious flavors of Rome, Italy. Sample the mouth-watering delights of El Paso, Texas. Tour the tastes of Punjab, India. And more. Play, cook, and connect with Kitchen Adventures. Order yours today at littlepassports.com. And we are back. Hooray! And it's time for Ask a Grown-Up. Take it away, Chad. Thanks, Molly. So, when I was researching apricots for this week, I stumbled upon a very popular type of Middle Eastern fruit leather called Amar al-Din or Kamar al-Din, but I'll let an expert tell you all about it. Kamar al-Din is actually the Arabic word for apricot, and it's also the name we use for the fruit leather. This is Omaya Atasi. My name's Omeya Atasi. I'm a recipe developer, food photographer, and food stylist. And I started the blog Omeya Cooks when I moved to Dubai, where I live with my husband and two-year-old daughter. And my family is originally from Syria, and I was born and raised in the Chicagoland area. Syria is a country in the western part of the Middle East, and it neighbors countries like Lebanon, Jordan, Iraq, and Turkey. And like many countries in the Middle East, apricots are very popular there. Pretty much all Syrians love apricots, especially when they're in season in the summertime. In Syria, they're really plump and juicy and sweet and delicious. And they're usually just eaten on their own. And they can also be preserved in jam uh, and also made into a fruit leather called emeridine. You might find strawberry or grapefruit leather or fruit snacks in grocery stores here in the U.S. And Kamar al-Din is very similar, except that it's been around a lot longer. It's a sticky, tacky, sweet, and somewhat tangy, candy-like thing that's packaged flat and can be found at Middle Eastern grocery stores. And Kamar al-Din is very similar, except that it's been around a lot longer, with recipes dating back possibly as far as the 13th century over 800 years ago. It's typically made by just combining apricots and sugar and cooking them together until a paste is formed and then it's spread out and dried into a fruit leather. I asked Omaya if it was usually eaten on its own or used in other recipes. It could definitely be eaten on its own. I have lots of memories of my dad just tearing it apart as his after-dinner treat. And he'd sometimes give me pieces, and I really loved eating it, but I'd get really annoyed because it gets stuck in the back of my teeth. So sweet shops also sell them rolled and wrapped in individual-sized portions for people to leave out for guests. And you can also make a juice by soaking it overnight in hot water and blending it with some orange blossom water. And that same juice mixture is sometimes used to top milk pudding. So kamaradin can really be eaten any time of the year, but it's especially loved during Ramadan, especially in that juice form where we soak it and blend it uh, for when we break our fast. Ramadan is a holiday that's celebrated by Muslim people during the ninth month of the Islamic calendar. So Ramadan is the Islamic holy month, and it's one of the main practices of the religion. And Muslims across the world abstain from food and drink from dawn until sunset. And that's usually what we mean by breaking our fast is after that sunset meal. So Muslims or Islamic people celebrate Ramadan by fasting or not eating or drinking during the day. 
Then every night during Ramadan, Muslim families will get together and break fast or eat for the first time in a big meal after sunset. That fasting is an important part of the holiday. Well, most major religions have a period of fasting, whether it's Lent for Christians and Catholics, Yom Kippur for Jews, or Ramadan for Muslims. So it's a sacrifice to feel a closer connection to God and also to remember those who are less fortunate and maybe can't afford to have every meal of the day. Omaya and her family celebrate Ramadan. It's one of my favorite times of the year. It's a time of increased religious practice and community and generosity, and also at the end of the day, when we break our fast, it's we have this huge feast, and we basically have dessert every single night, and there are a lot of treats that we only eat during Ramadan, and that's what makes it very special. In addition to Kamar al-Din, there are all types of other delicious dishes many families enjoy when breaking their fast. So we typically start with a soup, and we might have a little side pastry to eat with that soup, and then we have a main course, which is a, usually a traditional dish with like rice, and some sauce and meat and other things. And then the dessert is really where it becomes special because we love to serve different desserts during Ramadan. My favorite is this pancake that's stuffed with either cheese or nuts or sometimes a clotted cream. And then it's deep fried and then smothered in a syrup that is made with that orange blossom water that I mentioned. I asked Omaya what she would want our listeners to know about Ramadan. While it's hard to imagine not being able to eat or drink all day, instead of feeling weak, most Muslims feel a lot of strength in their connection to their community. And if you ever come across someone or a person who's fasting during Ramadan, just ask them if you can participate in their breaking fast meal, and you'll probably be welcomed with open arms and you'll get to experience something really delicious and special. Sounds delicious and special indeed. Grown-ups, if you want to find out more about Omaya's recipes or see her wonderful food photography, you can check out her blog at omayacooks.com. That's O-M-A-Y-A-H cooks.com. Or follow her on Instagram at omaya.atasi, A-T-A-S-S-I. Back to you, Molly. Hey, friends. Is Mitzi okay? I don't think so. She's got a song stuck in her head, but like really badly. Is that a thing? I'm gonna go check on her. Probably for the best, Chad. Hey, Maggie. Hey, Molly. Hi, Andrea. Listeners, Andrea is an associate editor at America's Tuskegee Kids. That means she works on developing recipes and experiments for our cookbooks and website. You can find out more about all that fun stuff by going to atkkids.com. We want you to practice your cooking techniques while you're our intern. So every week, I'm going to teach you something new to up your arsenal of kitchen skills. Sounds amazing. So what are we going to be learning about today? Today, I'm going to teach you some easy ways to chop or cut sticky things. What kind of sticky things? Like caramel? Caramel is a good example of a sticky food, but there are lots of other foods that can be difficult to cut, like dried fruits, melty cheese, or sticky dough. What makes those things hard to cut? Can't you just cut them? Sticky foods or foods that have sticky ingredients can be tricky to cut because they stick to everything. The blade of the knife, the cutting board, or even your hands. They can also be pretty messy. 
That doesn't sound great. I hate to have a messy kitchen. Me too. Lucky for us, there's a few tricks we can use to cut sticky stuff without making a big mess. Lay them on me. Okay. Well, one pretty easy method for cutting sticky foods is to use kitchen shears. What are shears? Shears is just another word for scissors. Kitchen shears are usually sharper and stronger than the regular scissors you might use to cut paper. Oh, I have kitchen shears at home. I like to use them to cut herbs into small pieces instead of using a knife. That's a great use for them, Maggie. Kitchen shears are great for lots of tasks, like trimming the ends off of green beans, cutting up dried chilies, and cutting sticky things. Wait, I don't get it. Which part? You said sticky things can be hard to cut because they can stick to the blade of your knife. That's right. But if you're using shears, wouldn't the sticky stuff just stick to the shears instead? That's a very good point, Maggie. Shears have two blades that pull apart which helps whatever you're cutting not to stick. Another advantage for young chefs to cutting things with shears is that many kids already know how to use scissors. If you haven't spent a lot of time using a knife or you don't feel comfortable using one, kitchen shears can sometimes be a better option. But they won't work for everything, right? No, they won't. They're great for cutting things like tortillas or pizza or leafy greens, but they won't work so well on something like a wedge of Parmesan cheese or a chicken breast. Oh man, I'm going to use my kitchen shears for so much more now. You've given me so many good ideas. I can't wait to try snipping some pizza. (laughs) It's a game changer. Andrea, I have kitchen shears in my kitchen, but what if our listeners at home don't have any? That's a great question, Maggie. I love that you're always thinking about the young chefs at home. Listeners, if you don't have kitchen shears, another way to cut sticky things is to very lightly spray the blade of a chef's knife with vegetable oil spray. The spray will stop sticky foods from clinging to the blade of the knife. That's so awesome. I never would have thought of that. Of course vegetable oil spray would help with sticky things. That's already what we use it for when we spray it in a pan. That's right, Maggie. Vegetable oil spray helps keep sticky stuff, like batter, from sticking to baking pans and trays when they bake. And it also helps foods not to stick to pans on the stovetop. Now I have extra uses for two things in my kitchen. What a great lesson. I'm glad you liked it. See you next week, Maggie. Bye, Andrea. Thank you. Gracias. Bye, Maggie, we are back. With a very interesting development. Really? What's that? Well... I don't think Mitzi just has a song stuck in her head. Really? Really. I think she has, like, a song stuck inside of her head. What do you mean? Here, everyone be totally silent for a second. Can you hear that? Oh, wow. I can hear that. You can't? I'm not imagining it. No, I can hear it too, Mitzi. Well, we have to do something. Yes, but what? Mitzi, do you have ears? Well, um, (laughs) a little personal here, Chad. Sorry, I... I don't go around asking you if you have ears, but okay. I'm asking for a reason, I promise. Yes, I have ears. All other bits have ears. Where are they? Well, right where you'd think they'd be. I'm just gonna take a quick look here. Ah, just what I suspected. What's that? 
You have an earworm. Oh, I know. We learned that word like 10 minutes ago. No, I mean like... Uh, hold on. I'm just going to pick you up here and tip you sideways. Whoa! Aggressive! Okay, and I'm just going to shake you a little bit, if that's okay. I feel like you're already holding me sideways. A little late to ask if this is okay. Sorry. Uh, just go for it. Oh. What? What? What's happening? Maggie and listeners, a tiny worm just fell out of my ear. Hi. I would be disgusted and afraid. Rude. No offense. I would be disgusted and afraid if I weren't so happy that the singing has stopped. Yeah. Sorry. Um, uh, hi. I'm Mitzi. Why were you in my head? It's just very warm and cozy. And why were you singing? Well, it's it's what I do. I'm an earworm. <sighs> Earworms are real? No, Mitzi. Listeners, earworms are not real. They are fiction. Um, I take offense to that. If I were fiction, then why has my whole life been so hard? I don't know how to answer that. There's only one thing that brings me joy. Your song. Really? Yes. Missy, wake up. Based on the probably dated, at this point, trending song, Chrissy, wake up from the Gregory Brothers on TikTok. Real niche joke that we keep coming back to here. It's got everything. Words, autotune, repetition. That's everything? That's all I need. Well, Mr. Earworm. Ernst. Ernst. I am glad that you love that song. I wonder if you could find a more suitable home, though, than, say, my friend and co-worker's head. Please. Somewhere you can be comfortable and warm and sing songs all day. Just the one song. Really? Just that one? Just the one. That's all I need for the rest of my life. The one song you need for the rest of your life is a song that I wrote? I think wrote is generous. Are we still recording an episode? Oh, right. Yes. Well, listeners, we have reached the end of today's episode. That's right. But we'll be back with another sweet episode next time. We'll be tasting science in our pressing question segment, followed by something wild in our wild card. And remember, at the end of the season, we'll be using all of our ingredients in a very special mystery recipe to cook together. Can you guess what it is yet? So far, we've talked about water, brown sugar, walnuts, oats, crisped rice cereal, and apricots. If you love Mystery Recipe, be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. That way, you won't miss an episode. And feel free to leave a review. We love reading them. Until then, keep, keep on, on cooking. Mystery Recipe is hosted by me, Bitsy, and I am a starfruit, and Molly Birdbaum, who is a honey crisp apple. Chad Chennai is our writer and producer. He is a kumquat. Andrea Vavjan is a kanepa, and Katie O'Hara is a lemon. And they are both contributing writers on our show. Audio services are provided by Ultraviolet Audio with sound design supervision by Matt Boynton. He's a nectarine. Scoring, sound design, and mixing by Chester Guazda, a banana. And additional engineering by Eric Gorman, a raspberry. Jonathan Roberts composed our theme music, and Jonathan is a mangosteen. Our director of post-production is Hen Margolis. She is a pomegranate. 
Our director of production is Diane Knox, who's also a dragon fruit. Fact checking by Julia Arwin, a watermelon. Our executive producer is Caitlin Kelleher, and she's a blueberry. Jack Bishop is the chief creative officer of America's Test Kitchen. He's a mango. David Nussbaum is our CEO, and he's also a raspberry. Special thanks to our senior science editor, Paul Adams, executive editor, Kristen Sargianis, executive food editor, Susanna McFerrin, art director, Gabby Hominoff, deputy food editor, Afton Cyrus, associate editors, Andrea Vavjan, Katie O'Hara, and Tess Berger, editorial assistant, Julia Arwin, photo test cook, Ashley Stoyanov, test cook, Faye Yang, and managing producer, Yumi Araki. This episode features the song Chrissy Wake Up Karaoke from the Gregory Brothers and Karaoke All Keys. This episode featured the voices of Kira O'Sullivan, Nefertiti Matos Olivares, and Champ Hollins. Thanks again to our sponsor, Driscoll's. Mystery Recipe is a production of America's Test Kitchen Kids. So where should Ernst live? The mic cases we have are super padded and warm. And soundproof? And soundproof. You can sing your sweet little tiny heart out, Ernst. Sounds perfect. One more round all together before we go? You know it. Mitzi, wake up. I don't like like this. this. Mitzi, wake up. I don't like this. Mitzi, wake up. Mitzi, wake up. Hi, grown-ups. I wanted to tell you a little bit about our newsletter. If you love the fun food content we share on Mystery Recipe, then sign up today for our ATK Kids newsletter to receive even more recipes, activities, and stories from me straight to your inbox. As a mom of two, I always try to include things that are important to my family, and it's a great way to hear about all the new things we are cooking up at ATK. Plus, every new email added will be entered for a chance to win three free ATK Kids books for toddlers through teens. We'll draw 10 winners every month while the promotion lasts, and we have some great books available all the time. Head to atkkids.com newsletter to sign up today for your chance to win.